Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey yo, hey yo! Welcome back to the World That's Good podcast. Y'all, I have one of the funniest people joining us on the podcast today. She is a sister from another mister. We have been to prison together. Not, you know, in prison, but we've spoken out in prison. We have been to Israel together. We have been to D.C. together. We've actually run into each other in a lot of really unique places. It is Bianca Oltoff. She is so fun. She's so great, and she has so much good advice. She has a new book out right now called How to Make Your Life Not Suck. And you know what? She will help you through it, whatever situation you're in. She's awesome. Welcome to the podcast, Bianca, and Merry Christmas. so excited for this moment because I have one of my favorite people and like legit favorite people in the world Bianca welcome to the podcast thank you Sadie I'm so excited to be here now this is so funny so I was reading your book something hit me immediately because I was like oh that is actually us you talk about this thing between like coincidence and providence yes that is my life with you like literally so backstory on how me and Bianca met we randomly met in DC one time. We did. We were in the same taxi. It was like super <laughs> funny, like for the same event, but it was weird. And then we met again. We went to Israel together. We we've been to prison together. We have. But one of the funniest Wait, moments. Should we clarify that we've been to prison because we sound oh. like gangsters? Oh yeah. Okay. We hold actually on. went to go <laughs> preach the gospel in prison. And good Sadie clarification. Brought the house down. Yes. Oh, okay. That was really good. You caught that. <laughs> no, we. It was the best time. One of my favorite trips I've ever taken. Honestly just so moved by that but one of my funniest moments with you was I don't even know if you remember this I ran into you in Dallas for five minutes and in this five minutes that I saw you totally don't remember this you said hey girl how you doing hey remember no ringy no dingy yes Yes. oh my gosh yes I did (laughs) clearly I have no muzzle I have no filter And that might be on the, who knows what's going to come out in this podcast no, right now. I know. I had to start with that because I needed people to understand just the type of person that you are because <laughs> you you give so much good advice in this, your new book, How to Have Your Life Not Suck is full of good advice Thank and you. you just lay it on the table. You say it how it is, but you say it so funny, but you know, just staying true to the podcast. I know you give a lot of advice, but what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? The best piece of advice I would say it had to come from my dad. From the age of probably five, my earliest memory of my dad is him saying, if you are not dead, then God is not done. Wow. And it just ingrained this idea of redemption. My background is probably not like most people. And so my dad just kind of instilled, he's an immigrant to the country, and he Mm. instilled this really great value of like, if God has not redeemed a situation, don't give up. 
even so when it looks so dark, even when it looks like it's so hopeless, even when all hope is lost, you just don't know what mm. God can do. That's so good. Mm. I am so glad you said that because I almost wanted to say that quote in this podcast, but it was the last sentence of your book. So I was like, I don't want to give away like the last <laughs> part of her book. Well, actually, you know what? I wish that like if I could write the preface over yeah. again to the book. Here's a sad statistic. Most people, like 78% of people never finish a book. So they'll yeah. start a book. And I just want people to know, wow. like, just read the last chapter. So if good. there's one chapter that they read, just read that last chapter because it's really this idea yeah. of like, you never know how the decisions you make today affect your tomorrow. So good. Mm. Man, I'm so glad you said that. That's so true though. But the last part of the book normally is like the heart of the book because it's where you're wanting to get right. to. But that's so good. I think that's going to speak to a lot of people because like, I think if anything right now, a lot of people need hope and they need mm-hmm. that idea of a tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I love that in your book because you talk about some really serious stuff. Like you you literally talk about depression. You talk about grief. You talk about all this stuff. But you also talk about some really fun stuff like <laughs> dating and like self-care and all these things. So I kind of want to go through some of the things. But first, just kind of touch on, you chose to write the whole book basically on Ruth. Mm-hmm. And one of the funniest parts is at the beginning, you're like, Ruth is my Bible BFF. Oh, she totally is. And, and <laughs> about you is like I think I know the Bible stories but like after talking to you like I actually know the characters of every Bible story and their background (laughs) and so I just kind of wanted to talk about just why you chose Ruth and how you like fell in love with reading the Bible the way that you do okay so this is I've never been asked this question so I love that we get to open up with this here's the thing I wish that this was a book I had when I was 25 because 10 years ago 11 years ago now I was going through what I termed as a quarter life crisis my Mm -hmm. mom was diagnosed with two forms of brain cancer. Mm -hmm. I was dating this guy for three years who I thought I was going to marry. I affectionately referred to him as Satan. And uh, (laughs) I'm not salty. I'm not salty. And I just, I couldn't find a job. I was jobless. I had to move back home. Like everything in life felt like it was up in flames. And the one thing that I wanted was the one thing that I was afraid of, which is a hallmark of millennials. It's Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. You want to be vulnerable, but you don't know who to be vulnerable with until you shut down and internalize. And so I wish that I would have had a mentor, but I didn't know who to ask and I didn't know what that looked like. And it just all felt weird because mentorship within a Christian realm felt like discipleship. And I was like, way too much commitment. (laughs) I can't do that. It's just too much for my life. I don't want to do that. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, 
thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. And I didn't want someone like snooping and prying in my life. Right. And so I turned to the Bible as like my mentors and that was not intentional. It's not like I was like, I'm going to go exegetically through the book of Ruth. (laughs) It was, I heard someone say that in ancient Hebrew, there is no term for tragedy because the ancient Hebrews believed that if God had not redeemed a situation, then God was not done. Wow. And I am like a word nerd. So I was like, well, back there for scripture. And then someone (laughs) told me to read the book of Ruth. And so I read the book of Ruth and I camped out in Ruth for a year. Wow. And here is this woman who was an immigrant. She lost home. She lost hope. She lost husband. She was barren. She was infertile. And her life had to get started all over again. And I felt like in that season, that was me. And I looked at Mama Naomi as kind of like a mentor. And I looked at Ruth as like my BFF. And between these two women, this intergenerational relationship, I was like, oh my gosh, they talk about so many things. And so I don't feel like the book is like, usually most successful books are like one topic and they open it up and they just talk about that one thing. This is kind of like a playbook. It is. It's in three sections because those are the three sections that matter most to me on friendships and relationships, adulting and growing up and faith and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And in the book of Ruth, I didn't tell people, oh, this book is on Ruth because I don't think most people would buy it. But like it's rooted in biblical principles that change lives. It is. It's so cool because you really do that. I love you said, I'm going to be a tour guide to how to have your life not suck. And that really (laughs) is what you do you guide us through this whole thing and you talk about everything and i think what's cool about when you hear you talk about ruth as opposed to other people you hear ruth and you're right you're like oh okay i know this story do i need to read it no this is Mm. a whole new thing Mm -hmm. this is like actually so practical you talk about everything like i'm 22 i needed to read every single thing in this book the dating advice was so good i was like sending pictures to christian of the pages (laughs) like hey boaz you know like you know just little tips here and there (laughs) Uh, and you also give free therapy hello right thank a sister Uh, why did you want to do that okay so i grew up in a home where therapy or like counseling was kind of stigmatized and it was for like that person or yeah. those people. And it wasn't something that I thought I ever needed. And it wasn't until I mm-hmm. hit 30 that I realized, oh my goodness, I need to be with a counselor. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I had experienced trauma. Being raised in the hood, being raised poor, being yeah. raised uh, by immigrants, like it's totally different. And so I started seeing the huge value of counseling and therapy. Mm-hmm. And I realized a couple of things. One, mm-hmm. most people don't do it because they don't understand it. Most people don't do it because it's expensive. And most people don't know who to go to yeah, or right. like why there's a need. And so I just yeah. wanted to demystify that. And yeah. so there's certain topics in the book, like the chapter on depression and anxiety, the chapter it on grief and so death. The cha- powerful. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. How to break up with friends. Like, because yeah. I write about that as well. Like Orpa bounced out. She threw up her nooses, yeah. went back to Moab, but Naomi and Ruth stayed together. And I think yeah. that that's a conversation we don't have. We yeah. have, There's a lot of conversations on how to make friends, but we're not having conversations on how to end friendships that's well. so true. And so I invited- Without burning a bridge. Right? Yeah. Or being being ugly. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be ugly. And so I have a friend, uh, her name is Dr. Deb Gorton. She's a clinical mm-hmm. psychologist, the chief clinical psychologist and professor at Moody wow. Bible. 
we just kind of were talking about it. And I said, I wish that I would have at the age of 25 been able to meet with a counselor. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute, why don't you just contribute to my book? So cool. Yeah. That so free therapy. was so helpful. I was like, you're right. Cause a lot of times like in the twenties, you're like, do I really need it? Is it bad if I go whatever? Right. But everybody needs a little therapy. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. And this, little love, never hurt when nobody. you read this book, you're like, okay, I needed that. <laughs> it's so good. But okay. Back to the story of Ruth and just how you tell it. And even like whenever I ask you that question, when you get so excited about Ruth, like I'm like, Hey, I want to do that. Like when somebody <laughs> asked me about like Paul, I want to be like, Oh my gosh, I love Paul. Like, I let me love, tell you all I'm about obsessed it. With like Paul. it's so awesome how you do that. And I know another part of your background is literally storytelling for A21, mm, yeah. which is so cool. If you don't know about her, it's a huge part of her story too. But where did you fall in love with telling stories? You are so full of great questions, Cindy <laughs> Robertson. Wow, well, show you. up, sister. Hey. You know what? I didn't know how to read or write or spell at the age of 12. Hmm. And that is like such a tender spot for me because Mm. I didn't ever want to be perceived as like dumb or stupid. And I don't think that I was. It just, things are slow to click for me. And I think that's actually still true in like all aspects of my life. (laughs) But at 12 years old, I was being made fun of by kids at church, by kids in the community, kids on my street. And I remember having this one conversation with God at the age of 12. I Mm. went to the backyard and I just laid on the grass and I was so sad. Mm. And I looked up at the sky and I said, God, if you're real, Mm. If you give me words, I'll give you my voice. Wow. (laughs) And from that moment, I I mean, here's the thing. I don't want to sound like like an after school special or like Mm -hmm. everything works out. But in this really insane moment within a six month span, Mm -hmm. I went from not being able to string together sentences to finishing novels in a day. My mom would take me to the library and my sister and I would pick out novels. Like I would get five to seven novels a week and just began devouring them. So my love for storytelling, my love for narrative happened at that time because God gave me like the key to learn. And and the second thing is, is I'm Puerto Rican. So I'd go to my grandma's (laughs) house and watch soap operas with her, but they're called novelas and they're very, very dramatic. So Spanish soap operas are like next level crazy. And that's how I read the Bible. So I think like like my love for storytelling happened because of watching soap operas. That's amazing. (laughs) Hey, God can use it all, right? right? I mean, redeem it. Come on. so awesome. I I see so much of myself in you. And that's why like, I think for me as a faraway mentor, you're such a mentor Mm. to me because I was the same way, like reading was such a struggle. And I would have never thought that God would have used me in such a way that I would have to read so much, but right. it shifted when it wasn't like, oh, I have to read. It's like, I want to read mm-hmm. because I'm so captivated by these stories and I yeah. want to learn. And then I also love to tell stories. And so <laughs> it's just, I learned so much from you in that. But I love that you kind of told that hard part of your story. It's like, okay, I was getting made fun. Of, I was getting bullied mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And something you talk about in the book is how to be a strong woman. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that in our world right now and in our day, there's a lot of talk about being a strong woman, but what does it really look like to be a mm-hmm. strong woman who's a, a Christian woman, but mm-hmm. have this internal strength? So what does that kind of look like for you? I know I know you write about it in the book, but just like off the top. Yeah. So one story uh, that I didn't tell, I didn't make the book, but I kind of started with this is mm-hmm. I was on a panel and I saw a young, beautiful, blonde, 20-something girl mm-hmm. with a great sense of assertiveness and confidence, mm-hmm. well-spoken and articulate. And she asked the panel a question what do you do when you're labeled a strong woman? Mm -hmm. And the way that she phrased the question, I realized that it was understood as a negative thing. And no one on the panel, I'm sitting with a bunch of strong women and no one said anything. And I was grieved because clearly we're on the panel and God has given us these leadership gifts. And yet we haven't articulated or put language, nomenclature around 
the beauty of being a strong woman. Yeah. And all throughout scripture, the women that are listed there are mm-hmm. strong women. Right. And so the first thing I identified was somehow we've associated and strung together strong and woman as being something negative. Yeah. So let's take that back. Let's redeem Mm -hmm. that word. And strength is something that's beautiful. Strength is something that's God-given. And the nomenclature has associated these two words as being absolutely negative. Mm. But let's redefine that and like strength being like a God-given confidence, like a Hebrew swag. Like as chosen children (laughs) of God, we're grafted into the family of God. We are Jewish by association and by adoption. And for every good Jew out there, you're blessed, highly favored, (laughs) but my Jewish brothers and sisters. But I think that we can redefine strong women. And so like, let's take this back to BC days when people were labeled Christians. It was actually a negative term. It was a mocking term. It was like little Christ. You're just trying to emulate this man named Christ. And so, but we as Christians wear that as a badge of honor. We hang crosses on our neck. Let's redefine strong women and let strong women be kind and deferential and confident and strong. Yeah. And we get to redefine what that means. That is Mm. awesome. Come on, Trailblazer. Like for (laughs) me, I honestly asked you that because I wanted to hear it. I I feel like I struggle with that sometimes, finding the language for that and the confidence in that. Mm -hmm. Just because of how you grew up, what you learn, what you hear, and you're like, oh, is this right? Is this right? I don't know. And so for you as a Christian mentor, strong woman who's crushing it, it's just awesome to hear you say something like that and super encouraging. And something you talk about that, this literally made me laugh out loud. Okay. It's in the self-care section and you say shower, shave, sparkle. Girl. Girl. Can we have a conversation, please? That was a word. I'm going to let you take it away. (laughs) Well, um, here's the thing. So that was in the dating and relationships conversation. I think why it's important to me is like, I'm having conversations with girls and they're like, oh, I just, you know, I don't have a day. I can't get a guy, but like they're on like day 15 of dry shampoo. And it's, we have to stop that. I <laughs> mean, someone true. needs to help a sister out. And like, if you haven't flossed since like 1999, <laughs> you might have halitosis from hell. Like there's this great movement started. It actually started as a marketing mm-hmm. campaign for Dove, which I really appreciate. <laughs> it was a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember like women of all colors, yeah. shapes and sizes. And we're like owning who we are. Yeah. And it's been this positive message, which I think has been really great. But my fear in that there's always a negative backswing. Right. And the pendulum has swing, I think, in the other way of saying, well, I'm just going to do me. Yeah. And whether it's the college life, whether it's the young mom life, whether it's the single I don't care life or just the lazy life, yeah. we've kind of said, well, this is who I am. And we right. stopped caring about working out. We stopped caring about hygiene. We stopped caring about what's going in our mouth. We stopped caring about what's going out of our mouth. Yeah. And I think that there's a sense of onus and responsibility. Yeah. And a little bit of backstory that this is not in the book, but... Ruth was a widow and Mm -hmm. in Jewish culture, if you're a widow, you would wear the same clothes as like an act of mourning. Mm -hmm. And so some theologians believe that she's probably still in her mourning rags. So when, Mm -hmm. when Naomi says in Ruth chapter three, verse three, she says, well, this is my version. She's like, Yahweh, Yahweh, what are we going to do? Ruthie, you gotta have Boaz to (laughs) boo you up, darling. Come on. So she really did say shower. Yeah. change your clothes and put on perfume. Wow. And so I think that sometimes awesome. we need to give women permission again. It's okay to feel beautiful. Yeah. Like go change your clothes, go be clean, mm-hmm. put on some perfume, give yourself permission to be yeah. beautiful. So good. And take care of ourselves. You know, I loved it. You mm. hit so many like popular things right now in a godly, truthful way. And it was awesome and hilarious. And so <laughs> speaking of hilarious, now this might put you on the spot. All right. And I love you, it. I'm ready. You said some really funny dating pickup lines in this book. Oh, sister. And I just wanted you to give us some of your best. See, Boaz didn't walk 
into the field and go up to Ruth and say, are you Jericho? If I walk around you seven times, will you fall for me? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's a real Christian pickup line. One that for I, real. Uh, for real. One that I, one was told to my best friend. Oh my god! And I was like, "This is you got to be kidding me." Okay, so one time I was working behind a booth. I was selling some books, and it was at a predominantly men. It was, actually, it was a men's conference. Yeah. And this one guy came up to me, and he was trying to be funny, and it was just fell so flat. He's just like, <laughs> "I have thirty camels that I'd like to give you." What? Stop it. He was referring to Isaac and Rebecca. Oh my god. I literally was just like, this is not even cool, man. This is not even cool. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. You so said legit. aside, you're like, I don't, we don't have time to be weird, y'all. Like, we don't we have don't. time to be weird. Let's just be normal. Thank Let's you. play it cool. Yes. That is so good. I've heard you say some great, like, classic one liners, but I love that you're like, this is the one liner that works. This is the ones that don't. Okay. Yes, like, I want to give people fall. conversation. And also, in regards to Christian dating, like, yeah. Christian dating's weird if you're weird. Yeah, don't that's be true. weird. And if you don't like a guy, it's okay to tell them. And don't be hurt and get all of your feelings like Drake if they don't like you. <laughs> we can, here's the thing. As Christians, we should be on the forefront of healthy yes. relationships. And yes. yet we are backfooting. We have crazy memes. Yeah. And like, we need to change the narrative. So we true. could be cool if we are cool with other people. So like, true. Jesus set the bar for us. Like, don't be weird, man. That's... <laughs> And I say this as a homeschooled kid, okay? Recovering hey, legalistic homeschool kid. Listen, Hello. Redemption, right? There. Amen, girl. You brought that back. Yes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, you gave some awesome uh, dating advice. And just for people listening, I know our age, like, that she talks about DTR, defining mm-hmm. the relationship. And I, I just want to throw that out because I know a lot of people struggle with that. If you struggle with that, like read the book. If you struggle with like, hey, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't really know how to react in this situation. She probably covered it. She covers <laughs> a lot of things. The other thing I liked about when you talked about dating, you talked about self-care, you talked about these things that were, you know, for us. But you also talked about how to be a friend to the person mm-hmm. who's walking that. And I mm-hmm. thought that was so important because I think a lot of times it's really hard to be the friend in right. the situation but right. you really walk us through that and I was just wondering like did you have a friend in your season of single or dating mm. that was like speaking true to you that you were like oh shoot okay so it was not even a friend it was my best friend and my twin sister Ooh. so our lives are very different she met her now husband in high school they dated for six years before wow. they got married she got married at 24 and our lives are so different and here I am like it's kind of cool to be like I'm waiting for the one when you're like 16 <laughs> and then it's admirable to be like, I'm just going to say no to sex or like illicit relationships at 20. And then it's kind of interesting at 22. And then it's full on weird at 25 to tell people like, I'm not having sex and I'm waiting for my husband and I'm not going to date bozos and I'm not going to give myself away. And then it's full on like you are in in a completely different zone when you hit like 27, 28, 29, 30. People just start thinking like, well, maybe it's you. Maybe you smell. (laughs) And it was my sister who said, you need to stay true to your convictions, but you also need to be able to put yourself out there. And I was like, again, I say I'm a recovering legalist. I was like, (laughs) if God can part the Red Sea, God can bring my husband to me. And she's just like, like what to your front door? And I said, yeah. She's like, well, you better fall in love with the UPS guy because no one else is coming to the front door. She is savage. Jasmine is, is savage. savage. No, yeah. And so I think it was just the weight in reality. And so she would like gently nudge me mm-hmm. and gently push me like, hey, put yourself out there. Yeah. You know, who, who are you meeting? And she's like, everyone from church, I went to my dad's church. She's like, everyone from church just wants to date dad. Everyone from the gym is a meathead. And everyone from graduate school is like, married or gay so who, what, you have no options here Bianca. you have to think of something different and it was jasmine that wow. encouraged me 
to go on eHarmony and she actually paid for me to go on eHarmony wow. and that's where I met my husband. What a good friend. That is awesome. <laughs> and so uh, now I want to be that good friend. I know. I want to be that good friend yeah. too. And it's okay to be a savage to your good friends yes, who have ears love. to hear. That that's is love. love. That's so good. Okay, as we close, I just wanted to, since we asked you best piece of advice, I just wanted to pull out two that I received from the book that I just thought were two just great sentences. And one of them was, People will always treat us in ways we allow ourselves to be treated. Mm. And that that was just such a good word. And I just think a lot of people need to hear that because you kind of walk through a lot of different stories of different people mm-hmm. and what you saw in them and what it taught you and how it taught you to teach them to mm-hmm. walk the right path. And she just simply said, people will only treat us in ways that we allow ourselves to be treated. And I just thought that was so good. I wanted to just quote that. And then the other one, that was such a good sentence and piece of advice. She said, Don't waste this season of your life worried about what's to come. I thought that was awesome because I think a lot of people sit in a season and I've done this so many times and we just are so anxious about what's to come. And and a lot of times it doesn't even come or we miss Mm -hmm. the season that we're in waiting for it to come. And Mm -hmm. you telling your story throughout the book, it increases my faith. I know it increases so many people's faith. I'm, wow, my God can do that. If I just trust him, if I just wait for him. And so I just want to pull out those two things that you wrote. And the last question I'll ask you, since you wrote how to have your life not suck, what does it look like for you when you are thriving? Mm, What a great question. I think for me, a big value is like this harmony between body, soul, and spirit. Mm. I've wrestled with my weight my entire life. I was obese Mm. as a kid and I felt like I managed it and then had some health complications and Mm. I felt like the last six years, I can't lose weight. Mm. And so I think thriving for me is in this season, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not even medically where I should be on the scale, but I'm holding on to this concept of like, as long as my my mind, my heart, wow. my body, and my soul know that I am giving it 100%. Wow. I'm trying so well. I'm not the Christian I want to be. But as long as my body, my heart, my soul know that I am trying. Yeah. I am not the healthiest person emotionally. Like, I'm Puerto Rican and Mexican. I'm a seven on Enneagram. <laughs> I'm crazy. I can't get my life together. But as long as my body, my heart, and my mind yeah. are coming together, I feel like I'm committed to that triune health to be the best thriving person that God has called me to be. That is awesome. Mm. I'm encouraged with that. Well, I know everybody out there is probably like, whoa, I need to listen to that again because that was so good. (laughs) Please listen to it again and go get Bianca's book, How to Have Your Life Not Suck. It's so good. And she's just a sister and a friend to everyone who needs one. And so anyways, thank you, Bianca, so much. I love you, Sadie Robertson. Thank you you so much for being so kind and sharing your voice with the world. The person you are online is the person you are in real life. Oh, thank you. That means so much. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. So this season has been super fun. As you know, I've had the In the House with Mom. I've had the In the House with Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I have been calling Christian Christmas for like a week. <laughs> That's true. Christ is in half of both. That's right. Because you could be called a lot worse. So, hey. That's That's so true. Well, I had the in the house with Christian. But now that it's Christmas and we're all in the house together, I figured I'd have K-Swag, a.k.a. my mother, and Christian all together because we in the house. So, welcome, you two. Hey, hey. All right. So, I'm going to ask them good and bad advice. And I think it's going to be interesting to have two people because we might get two different opinions. So, So, we'll just see. As you know... Every time we go to this section, we get all of y'all's wonderful responses on Instagram. And you guys had some pretty hilarious ones. So we'll see uh, which one 
cards we picked today because y'all sent in a lot. But how's this? Okay, good or bad advice, you two? Eat all the Christmas cookies. Oh, I would say that's bad. Christian hasn't been there yet, but he's going to get to be there for Christmas cookie decorating. And all of the little cousins lick the knives. and Oh, that's so true. It's disgusting. It's really pretty gross. So I would say do not eat the Christmas cookies because you never know if they've been licked already. That's good advice. (laughs) I would say, I would say pace yourselves and just keep in mind. When have you ever paced yourself? See, it's a strategy. (laughs) You got to just consciously think how many cookies you're eating in the time that you're eating them. Okay. I'm going to blame it on this too. I don't think you should eat probably all the Christmas cookies, especially if you're at our house, because we make a lot of Christmas cookies. But I will say like, it's Christmas, like eat what you want to eat. Like this is not time to diet, you know, like New Year's is next week. That is true. My reasoning had nothing to do with diet. It only had to do with germs. But I would say definitely eat all the Christmas desserts because it's Christmas. We need to celebrate. Yeah. Growing up, I always thought that around Thanksgiving or Christmas, the food would not count against you. That's true. It doesn't even count. It's like negative. Okay. Let's see. I actually am going to wait on this. I think this is a great thing. Don't let the busyness steal your joy and peace in this season. That is really good advice because it is easy for that to happen because there is so much happening and you feel, I don't know, I think especially as moms, like you feel this obligation to make it all perfect for your kids and your family and it can overwhelm you. So I think you definitely need to go in with like a strategy of like, look, what is really important? Let's keep that at the forefront and not let those little details overwhelm you. That's so good. Kristen, Kristen's like, I don't know if I can wait on this. Kristen has been blessed by Santa. He hadn't, you know, dot, dot, dot. Uh, so, <laughs> I think that's a good advice, Mom. Um, all right. Here's, I think, a simple talk politics. Talk politics at Christmas? During Christmas. Bad advice. Bad. Yeah. You no. should probably just let that one go at Christmas. Talk Santa. Talk Santa. Don't talk politics. There you go. How about talk Jesus? Oh, oh. we just got <laughs> Jesus left. No, but for real, for all of you, Jesus is the reason for this season. There's a reason why it's Christmas. Christmas. Hello. <laughs> No, for real. If you if you haven't already this Christmas season, go read the beginning of the Gospels. Read about Jesus' birth and just remind yourself of why we do celebrate this amazing season. Santa's awesome, but Santa got nothing on Jesus because Jesus is the giver of life and all good things. Mama, just take a moment to preach. All right, this will be the last one because today is Christmas when this podcast will go out. So we do have to stop and say Merry Christmas to Merry all of Christmas. you. Merry Christmas. Before we just get carried away on good and bad advice, Merry Christmas to everybody. If you're listening to this podcast on Christmas, that just makes me so happy. All right. This is a controversial topic. Hallmark movies are the best. Mm, I feel like I should not say this because people are not going to like me, but I don't really like... Your daughter was in a Hallmark movie. I loved yours. I thought yours was awesome. (laughs) And... Christmas one. It's not that I don't know. I just have never been into them. I need to try them again. I really do because I like feel the like excitement with everybody of like, oh, Christmas Hallmark movies are coming back. But I just, you know, have never really gotten into them. <laughs> but maybe next year I will. Is Hallmark movies the same thing as ABC's Twenty Five Days of Christmas? No, no. <laughs> then I'm, I can't. Christmas. 
don't even know what Hallmark movies are, which tells you that this house is not necessarily really into Hallmark movies. However, we love Candace Cameron. Yes. And I like I really feel like I should watch them to support her and I support her and I'm cheering her on. I just <laughs> Hallmark movies are the best at Christmas time though, because this is the beautiful thing about Hallmark movies. It's just always good. And you always know exactly what's going to happen. And you can just sit down with popcorn and candy and your Christmas cookies and watch it and know you are going to end on a high note. That is true. I recommend them. I just don't watch them, (laughs) but I totally recommend them. That's so true. I recommend them too. (laughs) That's hilarious. Okay, so we might be kind of hating on Hallmark movies, but what's your favorite Christmas movie? The Polar Express. Oh, that's a good choice. Mine's Elf. Mine too. And I just told Christian mine's Elf and he's like, classic. Everybody's favorite is Elf. Everybody's favorite is Elf. And I just think Polar Express when you have to hear the jingle to believe. You know I honestly like have, I, I think I've only seen it like once. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it, but like, I don't remember the details of it. So we need to watch it again. Well, we're watching it this season. Okay. All we'll right. watch Elf and we're Polar Express. The other two favorite of mine are A Christmas Story and It's a Wonderful Life because they're just classics. I did watch that on the plane the other day. It was really good. You <laughs> so should watch good. that one too. All right. Last question. What did y'all get me for Christmas? Good I'm try. Just kidding. Good <laughs> I'm just try. Kidding. Christian's face is like, Christian, I'm supposed to, to answer t- that? To- <laughs> no, don't answer it. No, okay. Christian you was like, wait, it's a surprise. Actually, we like surprises in our family. We don't want to know. Like, you know yeah. how, like, some people, you like, try to sneak and find out. I don't think anybody no. in our family is like that. Like, we all want to be surprised. Even if someone's like, can I give you something early? You're like, no, it needs to be a surprise. That's so true. Even though I did just give Even you one though, early Christmas present yeah. because I needed to make sure it fit. True. But yeah. yeah. But no, uh, I hope you guys have a very Merry Christmas from our family to your family. Happy holidays. We just hope that you guys. Get what you want, but more than that, give with a full heart and love the people around you and are reminded of what this is all about. And hopefully this will just bring you straight back to the heart of Jesus. It's been such a fun year doing a podcast with y'all. Thanks for listening. And I can't wait to go into 2020 with you as well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. much for listening to the Whoa That's Good podcast. I have so much fun doing this. I hope y'all have fun listening. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Legit Sadie Rob and follow the podcast at Whoa That's Good Podcast. Head on over to LiveOriginal.com to see when I'm in a city near you or visit Live Original blog on our online store, which carries my exclusive Words by Sadie Rob line. Also, be sure to subscribe to my podcast and leave comments so we can hear what you're loving. Also want to give a special shout out to my audio engineer, Marcus DePaula, the whole team at United Talent Agency, and my Live Original team. You guys are awesome. And hey, so are all of you too. Thanks so much for listening.